When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Gentlemen, Father's Day is just around the corner and our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure all the father figures out there are looking daddy material this June. Manscaped's performance package 4.0, which includes their signature lawnmower 4.0, is the perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair from head to toe. This right here is no dad joke. Treat him and yourself and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. Get 20% off of free shipping with the code at checkout Spurs20 at manscaped.com. Trust me, his dad bod will thank you. Inside this package, he'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold his goodies. Dads, Buy this for yourself. Sons, buy this for you and your dad. Ladies, buy this for your man. And dog daddies, you deserve this treat too. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code at checkout, SPURS20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code SPURS20 at checkout. Shake what your mama gave you? Nah, shake what your daddy gave you. What? No, Tottenham. Don't be a Clottenham. You want goals? Tottenham's got the... Tottenham, 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 Tottenham. I'm saying Tottenham very, very often. Hot shot. Give them all you got. Let me make it plain. Tottenham are the kings. The kings of White Hart Lane. Top 10 Tottenham. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Top 10 Tottenham. Thank you so much for joining us around the world for this. Delighted to have this guest with us uh, this evening, afternoon, whatever time you listen to this show. Been on the Spurs show for many, many years, almost since we started. Uh, it was a delight to even see him there. And would, no doubt we'll probably skirt on Madrid. He came out to our Madrid show as well. It's lovely to have him. Please welcome Norman J. MBE. How are you, Norman? Hey, great to be back. Now, How are you? I haven't seen you in a long time. Yes, Mike. Um I know. I've been, been absent, missing from the football, missing from um, the, the party and festival scene because, um, unfortunately, I contracted COVID uh, twice. 
and the second time wasn't so bad, but when I was having a, a load of um, tests done, uh, they uncovered or discovered some um, other underlying health issues like um, blood cancer. So, um, Where are you with but, that now? Has it been dealt yeah, with? Yeah, I've been, been on chemo for, for several months and it's completely knocked me out. Um, I couldn't work for the first four months of the year from January to, to about April. Um, and it meant no football because basically my health situation was such that I had no, uh, no immunity to anything, even a common cold. So I was kind of category A. Couldn't go out, couldn't mix in crowds, um, couldn't work, obviously, um, certainly not nightclubs. Um, gradually making my way back by doing a few festivals. Um, but in the last week, couple of weeks or so, feeling really good on top of it. Um, not still taking my, my about a million pills a week. <laughs> so it, so if, if you didn't, if you, I don't want to be uh, morbid here, but if you hadn't got COVID, how soon would you have known about the blood cancer? I've, to be honest, my, I've, I've no idea. Uh, they, they, the, the NHS are unbelievably good, especially the team that looks after me. You know, they, they did some tests and I, I sort of went in there complaining about not having uh, feeling in my fingers and toes. And just routine tests showed that my white blood cells were, were, were massive. So it's basically, you know, um, a non-Hodgkinson thing that they caught in time, fortunately. They caught it early and I'm responding well to treatment, but it's something now I'm going to have to sort of manage for the rest of my days. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear you. I mean, you look, look well to me and I'm glad you're on the mend. <laughs> but a lot of people yeah. who went in with COVID found these underlying uh, yeah. problems, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it's, well, uh, for otherwise... a long time, I didn't talk about it. You know, I just couldn't just try to mm. dispel it from my mind um, and basically sort of went, went AWOL. Um, I know it's an old cliche, but by talking yeah. about it, other people listening go, well, you know, I've had sure. this cough. I've had this yeah, thing. Yeah. You know yeah. what? I, I better yeah. go and just go yeah. and get it checked out. Well, the, the irony is, and it wasn't lost to me, that I, I spent my whole life being sort of drug-free, alcohol-free. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the last last six months, six, eight months, I've done more drugs than most wow. people do in their lifetime. But these aren't the fun drugs. No, they're not the fun <laughs> drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Because every time I, I, I have a treatment, it was, you know, at its peak or at its worst. You know, I was having to go in um, um, twice a week, injection in the spine, um, and, you know, which was really painful. And it used to knock me out for a week. So once mm. I'd gone in for my treatment, um, I couldn't do anything. I wasn't capable of doing anything. And I just thought I went into a withdrawal thing for, from the world. I wasn't on social media. wasn't... Yeah. Definitely wasn't going to football, um, but lots of fantastic Spurs fans. You know, where are you, Norman? Why are you here? I mean, yeah, yeah, some of the, the most important games towards the end of the season, I couldn't make it uh, to them. Couldn't make the arse game, yeah. which was my first um, derby miss at the lane in goodness knows how many years. But yeah. I can't believe, I can't begin to tell you, Mike, how that lifted my spirits when those <laughs> goals went in. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. I know. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> But the, this is this is the power of Tottenham Hotspur <laughs> football. It raises our spirits and, and oh, to mate. think about we all do that thing that I can't wait for that game to come up and that yeah, and it's yeah. you know and, and and please God next season your yeah. uh, next season I mean again yeah. I'm recording mm. this recording mm. this on the day there's big rumours that Eve Basuma 
Brighton <laughs> could be uh, our next signing, who's a, uh, a wonderful player. Yeah, um, yeah. It's 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 very exciting again, and it mm. hasn't been this exciting for a while following yeah. Tottenham. You yeah. know. Well, look, let's go back on your top ten Tottenham because you've got some uh, well-known, popular choices here. You've got some mm. obscure ones that obviously mm. we're going to ask you about and why. <laughs> but it's lovely you 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 you've started with number one, your first home game ever. Nottingham oh, yeah. Forest, September 1968. We won 2-1. Mm. Cliff Jones was still there, scored in Jimmy Greaves. Now, again, mm. we, we've had a lot of musicians and uh, people mm. who work in the music business who seem to herald from West London yeah. to become Tottenham fans. You're, you're another West London boy that yeah, then I'm went north. Boy, Why Hill. is that? How did, so how did that happen? How did well, you end up Chelsea or QPR? No, because at, <laughs> at my school, everybody... Um, was QPR. They were the local right. team. And then when Man United, you know, um, won the European Cup winners goal, the European Cup final yeah. in 67 or 68, yeah. suddenly all the kids in my year and below had Man United shirts. <laughs> Everybody was red and white. Um, and I kind of got that because, you know, they were the, the basis of the England team, you know, the Charlton mm. brothers, George Best, you know, I, I worshipped. I was so mm. grateful that I, I was able to see him play. Um, but for some unexplained reason, well, I can explain it now. Um, because in the 67 Cup final, it was the first All-London Cup final against Chelsea. Mm. You know, first Cup final I watched in black and white on a, on a DER rental that you have to keep banging to stop it. The pictures <laughs> jumping up and down. <laughs> but um, the, the player there was, was Jimmy Greaves. He was my absolute hero idol. Um, I played number eight for my school. Our school wore white, so I made sure I had the number eight shirt. Yeah, and, and it felt great to be run against the grey because everyone at my school was um, uh, QPR first, obviously, because um, mm. I loved Rodney Marsh as well. Rodney, Rodney. Yeah. Um, and, and Chelsea, which I liked the team um, but couldn't stand the fans. Yeah, um, not, not yeah. much changed. Not much yeah. changed in fairness. Um, there was like a grudging respect for them because all, all my mates growing up were, were, were Chelsea. Some of them went on to be Chelsea faces. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, Tottenham was for me. It felt great to be different. But did you, you have know? any friends or any family that, that you had, could share this? I had one this? mate. Yeah, right. I had one mate. It was uh, uh, two years older than me, um, Eric Elliott. Um, right. Probably Eric. Hopefully, we'll, we'll get this. Yes, Eric. Um, <laughs> me, me and him were staunch at school in the face of everybody and a lot of hostility. Um, me and him were, were Spurs. He was like a kindred spirit. And in those early days, we went everywhere together. Lovely. But um, I, I did have some family in, in Enfield, um, right. not close, right. or Edmonton. It was yeah. in Edmonton that weren't close. And I'd been planning a trip to go to, to White Hart Lane, you know, because everyone else would come into school on a Monday. Oh, it's brilliant at Stamford Bridge. We went Loftus Road or we went down to Griffin Park at Brentford. You know, and I wanted to go to White Hart Lane. Mm. <laughs> there was just a magic, you know, uh, around the name. This is this so Who is did the you team. go with this first game then? I went how on my old own. were you? Really? Yeah, how I went old were you? I went my own to the lane. Um, it would have been 68, so I'd have been 10 or 11. Wow. I mean, can yeah. you imagine a 10 or 11 year old now yeah, yeah. getting on, presumably you on puppet transport yeah. well, by if yourself? Well, my parents had known, they wouldn't have let me go. 
so I had to devise this concocted story that I was going up to see, you know, to see um, Auntie So and So. I just didn't even know. Really? And, yeah, that's I, hilarious. They had a whole I, backstory. Yeah, and I went all all the way up there, um, and was absolutely blown away because the first time I, I did like a a, a, a run up to the ground by bus. I went a different way. Right. And this is actually a true story. Um, I got the train to Liverpool Street and I found out from my own research that any bus ending in nine would run from Liverpool Street, I imagine. So I got right. on this bus, spent hours on this bus going from Liverpool Street, like it's in one long straight road through Hackney, through Stoke Newington, then through Seven Sisters. I'm thinking, when, when am I going to get to this ground? And I actually got pissed off and bored and got off um, at Lordship Lane, one mm. stop before the ground, and then went all the way home thinking, I'm never going to find this ground. No! Oh, that's <laughs> awful. But you went back. But then when I went back, I went a different way. Right. I got on the train at Acton Town, tube train, all the way to Turnpike Lane. Yeah. And caught the W three bus. W three. Yeah. And it, and it, and it's you know when I was looking on my A to Z, I see White Hart Lane, but it, this road went on for miles. Yes, that's right. It does <laughs> you know? get on the wrong end. And then as we um, got closer to the ground, more and more fans began to get on. You know, with with Lily White. Right, I'm in the yeah, right place. I, I'm, I'm in the right, on the right place. place. And I got. Her, Got off outside White Hart Lane Station. And where did you go? Did you know how much money you needed to go? This is the day we didn't need a ticket. Yeah, well, ticket. I just, you know, it was a, my, my paper round money. I knew, right. you know, you, you could get in to, to Spurs for, I can't remember how much the boys were, 25p, 50p, mm. 10, you know, less than 10 bob. Yeah. You know. Uh, Do you remember where it? you stood? Do you remember which stand yeah, you were in? Yeah, I, I remember. I walked around the ground just completely, right. absolutely in awe. I was in a daze. Just wandering around thinking, this is fantastic. Because I'd only ever gone to QPR and they were getting like eight, 9,000 home, yeah. you know, uh, uh, home gates. So there was a lot, lot of space there. You could run around on the terrace. And so I, I'm in Spurs and I queued to go into the boys' entrance. And when I got in, you know, I walked up the stairs and then a bloke sprang around me said, Can you see, son? I said, no, I can't see things. So they lifted me up. Wow. As they did, that was what they did in those days. Passed all the kids over mm. their heads to the front, and I stood in um, on the terrace in just by um, the corner of Paxton Road and mm -hmm. um, the shelf, and was just absolutely. I can't even remember the game. Well, I, I mean, you're here. <laughs> yeah, I scored. Yeah, it. when we scored, I don't even think I saw the goals go in. Yeah. the place just went uproar, and I'd never heard a noise like it. And I wow. knew then you hooked. This, this was home. Yeah, that's beautiful. It, it, yeah, that's lovely. And it was only, I mean, again, two years. I'm working this out now. You're probably about thirteen. Yeah, you go, <laughs> you go to your first away game. Don't tell yeah. me you went up to West Brom by yourself as well. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did because my old man worked on. You know, he was a civil engineer worked, right. working on London transport. Right. You know, he was part of that crew that that, that built um, the Seven Sisters extension on the Victoria Line. Okay. As a family member, you know, all the children, we got um, what they called privilege passes. We could go for 2p on the underground, anywhere on the underground, mm. not for the buses, because my old man works on, on the mm. train. But if you were taking a British rail train, you paid less than a third of the fare. Wow. So you could go really cheaply. You know, and this was the days before 
I travelled on a football special. So I went on an ordinary service station, service train to um, um, from Euston to, to um, New Street. So when ages. did you when did you fess up to your family? Presumably yeah. after the Forest game, you started yeah. going more regularly. You couldn't, yeah. couldn't use the auntie excuse every two weeks. No, no, you? no. I just I was just one of those kids. I disappeared all day. So long I was because my old man worked nights. So he wasn't. So around. he was sleeping during the day. And right. as long as I got back before he got up, <laughs> um, I was right. But you know, um, I think I think they always knew and kind of, but they never discouraged me. They just made you just make sure you you stay safe and you don't run with the wrong crowd. But when you're that age, uh, the young the wrong crowd is far more appealing. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And it was safety in numbers. I quickly realised that because going back to the West Brom story, get yeah. off at New Street. Um, didn't really want to talk to anybody because I couldn't really understand what anybody was saying. I was overhearing bits, of, but what I was hearing was the Brummy accent. Yeah. Stood on a bus stop and I asked the black woman, full of laden with shopping, you know, which is the way to, the, to, to, to West Bromwich. And she looked at me as if to say, does your mum and dad know you're in the city centre on your yeah. own? You know, it was, yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I made up some cock and bull story anyway. Another which, auntie. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to see some, some, some family up, up there. They live by so, the Hawthorns. Yeah. yeah, so I jumped on the bus. I think it was a number 27 bus, and that was the first time I'd gone through, what's that black neighbourhood in Birmingham famous now? They oh, used to hold a carnival. Handsworth. Handsworth, yeah, yeah. She yeah, said, yeah. you need to get the Handsworth bus. And then about a few stops after that, you'll see the football ground on, on the left because th those days were great because all mm. you had to do was look up, look for the floodlight pylons. And floodlight. You were the, yeah. So we got there and it was absolutely brilliant. And I quickly, you know, being a kid on the street, I learned very quickly. The bus pulled up right outside West Brom's end. And there's me with a Spurs scarf and a Spurs rosette, because you wore rosettes in those days. Right. All of that had to come off as I got off the bus. I didn't want to draw attention to myself. So you knew at an early age uh, then, yeah, yeah, not yeah. like now you could just wear your replica shirts over oh, the way. Yeah, you yeah. knew. Yeah. <laughs> so I got in there, kept quiet, um, and we scored first. Chivers scored. Yeah, Chivers scored. And I, I remember in West Brom's end was all the Spurs fans. Oh, wow. Yeah. And one of the guys there recognised me and went, you're on your own. Come up with us. We're all up here. So I just didn't need that asking twice. So I went up there, you know, with, with all, the, all the Spurs fans and uh, made friends with some of them, um, which I still to this day, we've, you know, that friendship remains. But we lost 3-1. I remember yeah. Jeff, oh, Tony Bomber-Brown got a hat-trick. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, God, amazing. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. I couldn't find this footage. The first two games... Yeah. I couldn't find I couldn't find your third one again. Doesn't really surprise me. Mm. This was a year a year later. Mm. Your first night game at the lane. We played yeah. Newcastle United. A, a, I'm assuming a dour nil nil. But yeah. What was it like? Because again, mm. you're you're probably still taking the same way to Tottenham. Yes, yeah. and you talk about the floodlights. There's yeah. something about White Hart Lane underneath the lights, though, cool. isn't there? I'd always wanted to go um, because you know I was a schoolboy. I didn't have any money. Um, I had, to, I had to plan my trips, which games I could try and attend. And I thought, well, I'll go to the Newcastle the Newcastle game. And again, it was magical. You know, mm. approaching the lane, you could see the, the lane for, you know, a few hundred yards. You could see the lights. I thought, wow, this is incredible. What a feeling. 
Because I've been to night games at QPR, but yeah. not not the same. And were you, you know? now at this stage, stand, mm. like a lot of people, standing mm. in the same place, getting to know the people that stood around no, you? No, actually, I, I wasn't, um, because in those days, you could walk around the ground. Mm. So I just used to walk around to where Spurs were attacking. You know, right. walk through the West Stand, underneath the West Stand. The you enclosure. could go from the park. Yeah. yeah. You could walk from the park lanes to, you know, mm. to the Paxton. Um and change sides and 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 watch it, mm. and on, and this time I was still going on, on my own um, because you know none of my mates supported Tottenham, you know everybody was was West London yeah. team. Yeah, amazing dedication, you know, doing it by yourself, and doing it. Group of of Newcastle fans, and I'm thinking, and how could they get? from Newcastle to London and back in one day. I kept thinking that all the way, to, you know. So I thought, well, if they could do that, and I knew Newcastle's the end in the country, mm. I could go to, to the Midlands, I could go to Manchester and yeah. hopefully be back before anybody realised I was missing. Yeah. So, well, that would yeah. be very early in the morning, you'd be getting back for some of those places. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, your dad would be up and I probably wouldn't get away with those ones, you know. <laughs> You then put your num your fourth kind of memory growing mm. up. And another another beautiful one and a very sort of strange competition. Mm. This is your first European game against Torino. Yeah. Of Italy. There was this for, for mm. younger listeners, there was this for a few two or three seasons, this big right, yeah. Anglo-Italian League Cup winners' cup thing. This was yeah. a second leg. Mm. Uh yeah. we won two 0 Chivers and Gilzine scored yeah. that night. Did, mm. did did that game, I mean, the fact you mentioned it, did the, did the yeah. European thing feel different at night and different yeah, well, atmosphere? Well, no, because we had, we actually, I think we'd entered it, or we'd been in it um, the season before, yeah, or two seasons been. before, against when, when we, yeah. we beat Aston Villa 3-1 at Wembley. That right. was my first Wembley Cup final, actually. Right, okay. Um, I went back again a couple of years later for Norwich. Yeah. We, we beat Norwich. So we were in that competition for a couple of seasons. Mm. But this year... We looked like we were going to win it. Yeah. So, and we did. We did win it that that year. Um, so that's why the, that that's a memory. Mm. Um, yeah. Lovely. Well, look, let's go to a break. And when we come back, we're going to be discussing, uh, well, some quite well-known games. You're, you're a man in the second half. This is, you're working. There's some great moments. Back in one minute. And we're back from the break. Uh, don't forget, throughout the close season, we will keep bringing you these shows and you can get a daily news show with all the transfer rumours, everything going on. Go to patreon.com slash Spurs show. Still time now to sign up for next season, all our monthly live events. Go to season.spurshow.net, sign up for those. And if you listen to the description of this podcast, brand new merchandise. We've got a wonderful Adele in a Panini sticker, Bob Marley, Premium, I've got my lovely Aussie Ardiles one there. Some mm. things of beauty. Uh, so mm. go to the link in the description and get those while you can. Right, the first half with Norman, we were looking at some of these sort of early games that obviously stuck by him all these years. Mm. Uh, we now go way forward. And this to me is, I, I think, of a certain age, this mm. goes in anyone's top 10. <laughs> I'm, of course, reminding everyone 1981. Manchester mm. City FA Cup replay. Let's listen again to mm. that Ricky Villa moment. Here we are. 
and still Ricky Villa. What a fantastic run! He scored! Amazing goal by Ricky Villa. The big man from Argentina went round one, two, three. Joe Corrigan came to block and Villa squeezed it in. As we see it again from behind the goal, just look how many players he twisted and turned past and then got his shot in. So t where were you? What were you doing work-wise now? It's 1981. Yeah. Are you now working music-wise? No, you doing? I wasn't. Um, I was in and out of just menial jobs. I was working at, uh, in the stationery department of uh, Quaker Oats, the cereal makers, the porridge makers right. in, in, right. in Southall. Um, yeah, and the 1981 sticks out for many reasons not just the football you know the racial tension in the country the political situation in the country was properly dread um you know um, this was at the time of the, the very first um brixton uprising i call it an uprising and not a riot because it wasn't a riot mm. um and working in southall at that time um i attended the uh, anti-nazi league um, march uh in in, in, in in Southall, where the Australian school teacher died, Blair, Blair Peach. Peach. Yeah. So there was all of that, that going on. Um, it was a, quite a time of high tension. Um, you know, um, th those the, the, the kids were, were, were burned to death in, in, in that house in, in uh, New Cross as well. So there was all of that tension sort of going on. And football seemed to me, to, me, to be the only escapism um, from it. So yeah, Spurs get to yeah, to, to Wembley. Um, first time ever, I think I queued um, mm. outside the ground um, uh, outside Tottenham at three o'clock in the morning. Most of you did. Yeah, even just, you, yeah, you had to queue yeah. to get your match ticket. Yeah, yeah. So I got I got a ticket for that, and it was I was overwhelmed. I thought this is my first, you know, actual ticketed game because I'd been bunking into Wembley for years before that. Um, <laughs> What, to England watch England games, games to watch oh, really? the England, England game, but I used to love watching the What was your ruse? How did you bunk in? Just um, behind someone very quickly? How did you no, do it? because, um, you know, I had um, family that, that lived in Harlesden and, and Wembley. I knew a lot, you know, a lot of my friends outside of football, you know, came mm. from that, that part of, um, of uh, uh, London, sort of Harrow, uh, mm. Wembley. And funny enough, they were all Spurs fans. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's why I kind of hooked up with them. But, you know, come a cup final, you know, somebody always had somebody, you know, whose granddad worked on the, on the turnstiles right. or some yeah, There'd be a boy certain number. There's someone you'd know. Yeah. Go yeah. to turnstile 20. Yeah, that's it. Give him and a we'd quiz. Under our hat and we'd get in. From you got through the turnstile, you know, we were young. I didn't smoke, so no one was catching me. Mm. So, that, you know, it's pointless <laughs> chasing me. <laughs> and, you know, and... In those days, Twin Towers was amazing. It's 100,000 people, not like now it's limited. So, yeah. you know, once you got in and you could run, no one was catching you. Well, that replay, um, that replay, because yeah. obviously Man City sent a lot of tickets back. Yeah. There was more than 100,000 in that on that Thursday night. <laughs> Probably it right. It was even but, with but, but for that game, I, I went, um, I remember it was an overcast day. It, the sun didn't shine. And it was just amazing to be at Wembley, you know, 10 years after first going there, you know, for the uh, the, the League Cup final. I go there yeah. for an FA Cup final because the FA Cup still had the glamour appeal to me then. Mm. Um, I, I get in, two-all draw. Oh, God, what a day of, of mad tension. 
then I think we were playing them. The replay was the following Thursday. And I remember going into work, asking my boss if I could have the, the time off, mm. the afternoon, the day off. And he was being a total and just said, um, no. So we got into a kind of um, argument about it. Yeah. And basically I was told in no uncertain terms that if I didn't come in that day and I went to the football, don't bother, come back. You've got, got no job to come to. And I thought, I'd had enough of this anyway. <laughs> mm. I go to Wembley. We win. Ricky Villa. Unbelievable. I lose my mind. In where where were you? Were you behind the goal? Where were you? Uh, yeah, I was behind the goal in the right. Spurs end. Yeah. yeah. I, I was in the Spurs end. There's nothing more magnificent than seeing, you know, Lily White and Blue. Mm. Thousands of you mm. there. Um, and I just remember we were so far away from the pitch, you know, up the back, you know, um, in the in the old ground, you could climb up on the girders, on the stanchions that were holding the roof up. Because a lot of us kids did, you know, young people did to just to see the match. You couldn't really see it sort of standing up. But if you were brave enough, you could climb the stanchion and watch it. And I remember loads of kids fell off when we scored. You know, it's just yeah. it was <laughs> unbelievable. And funny enough, I went back there the following season against QPR. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't that kind of atmosphere, you know. No. Uh, that the, first one was the, the, That first one was just yeah. un unreal. Absolutely. That's mm. a, a lovely memory. Then mm. we're going to jump forward for your, your, your next choice. This is 10 years on, mm. 1991. Mm. Uh, before we get to the, the goal of the game, so when did the music start? You said you are doing these various jobs. At what yeah. stage did you go? The, the music I, you obviously got an interest in music because yeah, your knowledge yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah. Well, that couldn't have just happened overnight. No, the music thing was always with me, you know, all through when, when I was going. And because I, I didn't have a proper job, I didn't have a job most of the time. I spent most of the 70s um, unemployed, you know, relying on my, my on my gyro, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and, and stuff like that, um, just surviving on the street. Um, but it started, it was always there from, from, the early 70s, uh, I was right. in, into music as well. So but when you say into music, were you now buying records? Yeah, I was buying records. Okay. Yeah, because I had a Saturday job. I did a paper round. Uh, um, I, I did an evening job for the old London newspaper, um, the Evening News mm -hmm. and the Standard, the Evening yeah. Standard, London's yeah. um, Evening Newspapers, um, and sell loads of um, classified editions on Saturdays because it had right. the football results in it. Yeah. So I was doing quite all right just by uh, doing that, um, mm. which meant to a lot of those years, I couldn't get to a lot of games because I had to work on Saturdays, which really mm. frustrated me. Um, but, yeah, I was around in the season 76, 75, 76, when we went down, mm -hmm. um, toured England in the second division. It was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, and going straight back up but you know as i, I digress the music thing so i remember was, you was, say was, digress but i remember yeah. you saying uh, yeah. uh on other show that because yeah. <laughs> you're into that's into yeah. you know i know yeah. soul and funk being the main things yeah. you're, you're obviously using these obscure games we're playing to stay yeah. up and go to these northern northern soul all night yeah i did yeah because it's the only way i could get to you know like wigan casino and the blackpool mecca yeah. Um, was because Spurs were in the second division then. So um, I'd, I'd go up by coach. And I remember one the, the, the Blackpool game, um, we actually won uh, away. Yeah. And because and, I'd, I'd done my homework and research, the club I wanted to go to was at the end of the car park um, behind Blackpool's ground. Right. Um, 
So I remember getting on um, Keith Robbins' coach with a yeah. duffel bag yeah. and everyone looking at me going, what's he got a duffel bag for? And so no questions was asked until I got there. Um, gone to the game. I'd kept away from the seafront and all, all the pubs because I knew, you know, it'd be a bit bit iffy mm. there because I knew I was staying up. So I didn't want to put my face about. Right. Um, and I remember it was dark by the time everyone um, left the seafront and the pubs and were getting back on the coaches. And I got back on the coach, lifted up my, my duffel bag from the seat and make, was going to make my way off. And the driver went, where are you going? <laughs> when I'm staying. <laughs> And then Keith Robbins was there. A few other faces were there. Um, going, Norman, you're out of your mind. What are you on your own? Said, yep. I normally do these things on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone was sort of waving me as the coach pulled off and left me in the middle of the car park on my own. Um, but it was great because um, I had to wait. It was an all-nighter. I had to wait. Uh, well, this um, is it. You brought yeah, wait a long time. There was the... Yeah. There was the torch. Was that, I think yeah, the stoke, yeah. the torch. There was the something wheel. Yeah, there was all twist, the twisted, the, twisted, the twisted wheel. The wheel was a bit before me. It didn't go right. to the twisted wheel or, or the torch. But um, yeah. there, there, there was a few others. There was um, the central at, at Leeds. Mm. Um, there was another one. There was a circuit of, of clubs. Um, yes, right. Man- Manchester was, was, was great. Yeah. Manchester was like, like, like the hub of it. Um, we yeah. always went there. Um and Amazing. we always were, were very mindful never to talk football because occasionally, mm. you know, somebody would challenge you about the football and we go, no, we're not into football, mate. We're into the cricket, <laughs> you know. And, and that used to kill it off straight away, you know. Yeah, we're, you know, we're coming to Trent Bridge. We're not, we're not going to Forest's ground, you know. Um, so that, that's why we were able, when I started travelling with mates, you know, just mm. three or four of us, we were able, we never had any hassle. But I'm sure yeah. we might have got hassle. Yeah. yeah. Um, if people knew we were there for the football. But once yeah. you were just there for the music, it was a great leveller. Yeah, um, And you realise not all Northerners bite. Yeah, yeah. That's lovely. <laughs> uh, sorry, jumping forward. Sorry, we digressed yeah. there, but I just yeah. remembered you telling me the story. It was lovely. Yeah. Cause, um, mm. uh, 1991. Again, everyone, rightly so, yeah. has on this on this list. Let's listen mm. to Barry Davis once more. Mabbott has gone forward with Stewart to the right, Lineker and Howes to the left. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! That is schoolboy's own stuff. Oh, I bet even he can't believe it. Is there anything left from this man to surprise us? That was one of the finest free kicks that this stadium has ever seen. Seaman got his hands, couldn't hold. Spurs have the lead. Paul Gascoigne, the scorer. So where were you now? 1991. What are are you doing? Who are you with? Yeah, 1991. Give us your memories of this. Yeah, I was um, working uh, um, at a great label um, created by Giles Peterson and myself called Talking Loud. Yes, um, I, records. I, I was yeah. an A&R man at Talking Loud, putting out records. Um, I was a successful um, club DJ, um, not festival DJ yet, but definitely um, yeah, club DJ. Uh, yeah. um, I was one of the founder members of Kiss FM when it was a pirate yes, from I back remember, in 1985 yeah. to yeah. 1990. Mm. Um, so 
So I was doing, you know, my music career and DJing career sort of taken off to an extent. I couldn't really get to a lot of games, mm. but I was still always focused. When did it take yeah. off? Because obviously yeah. there was an explosion of super clubs yeah. and all that. You were way yeah. before all yeah, that Yeah, before stuff. that. Because way yeah. before, because the stuff you were playing. So what were the mm. places where you were playing where you start going, A, this is a great night and yeah. I'm making some decent money here. Yeah. This is, there's, yeah. this, oh, oh, this, this, this is, this is worth doing because yeah. you know a lot of clubs could be very small and you're lucky to get anything so yeah what was, the, what was that? i wasn't making money from clubs in those days you know right. I, I, it was like you know my allegiance to football you know i was yeah. so passionate about what i was doing championing records um and basically the only platform i had in those days um was the notting hill carnival right um and i i've first played in Gate Crash Notting Hill Carnival in 1980 with my sound system, Good Times, right. with my brother. Yeah. Was it 1980 um, started? Yeah, wow. not, not 1980. Amazing. Uh, yeah, I'd gone to New York in, for the first time in 79, um, right. thanks to Freddie Laker, 99 right. pounds. And I go there and I have like a, a music epiphany. Yeah. I knew exactly what I wanted to do, what I had to do, you know, Went to all the clubs, um, bought tons of records because in those days, um, the pound you could get two dollars sixty-five mm. to the pound, wow. believe it or not. Wow. So I was dollar wow. rich, and wow. buying two of everything instead of one of everything in wow. the UK. Um, and didn't they think it's weird? There's this yeah. British uh, guy coming over, asking for kind of stuff that again, you know, yeah. the Americans. Yeah, yeah. talk about really kind yeah. of. Well, I like spent a lot of time crate digging. Like, what do you um, what do you know? Warehouses and you want this old shops. I'd yeah, spend, I spend you know those hot days. Yeah. Um, going uh, in in record shops and then going to any party, any club. I mean, I I went to all the seminal New York clubs, with mm. the exception of Studio Fifty Four. Yeah. Um, which I used to hang outside and watch people going in and thought, ah, this is shit. This is not for me, because mm. it was all about showbiz and that um but if you were brave enough to go into the boroughs like the bronx or or brooklyn where my you know i had friends and family you know real sort of black ghetto neighborhoods then you would have been fortunate enough to be witnessing the birth of hip-hop and electro this is, wow this is very yeah. 1980 so, this really so is, i had a front row seat watching all of that and loving yeah. it and, and knowing that this is going to be you know the, the music of the future. This is before house music, you know, in, in the mid-80s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but because I've always been a fan of black music um, and quite a lot of white music, has to be said, mm. um, just a fan of, of, of good music. Um, well, 1980s, that kind of, it's already started, a whole sort of two-tone Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that was a great thing whatever. about um, living in the UK, particularly in London then, because you, you had style tribes, music tribes, football tribes. Mm. Yeah, I already, you know, um, nailed my colours to the mask with my, my football team back in the late 60s. Um, always wanted to be a mod, but I was too young um, yeah. in, in 64, 65. But, you know, a lot of uh, mods lived on my street. So I was aware of the culture. Oh, one day I'd love to own a scooter. I'd love to do that. Um, and then, you know, I watched the emergence of, of skinheads, suedeheads. I've always been into the evolution of British working class youth culture, always. Cause it's been part of most of them, but I've been everything, you know, from rude boy to soul boy. Um, it doesn't exist I, anymore, though, does it? Yeah, um, it does. 
it it, yeah. it, 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 it does. Um, but what what kills it off, you know, um, at the start is this proliferation of social media. Mm. You know, we didn't have. You don't that, need to go out and find your tribe anymore. Yeah, you don't need, you need to go to find this obscure club. Yeah. You don't need to do that anymore. Don't need to do all of you that. Just join a group. Just join yeah. a group. Yeah, a Facebook group or something. But you know, that, that was the excitement of it. You know, if you were, you know, a mod. I remember when Quadrophenia came out in 1980. I'm thinking, oh shit, I'm just a little bit too old for that because um, um, I'd had ki- a kid by then. Right. Um, but, you know, the whole sort of two-tone explosion, I watched that, you know, was part of that. I thought, oh, they're playing all my old reggae records and Scar records. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah. it was great, you know. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. The, the, the whole sort of soul boy thing, um, the new romantic dressing up thing, you know. Mm. The, the, you know, the punk thing had, a, you know, an effect on me as well, you know, because I was a big fan of The Clash. Not many black people were then. Mm. Um, but because I... I understood, you know, the music and the fashion scene because no music scene can work on its own. Mm. There always has to be a lifestyle element to it, fashion element to it, and an art element to it. And once you understand all of those elements, you'd be fine. Uh, Because all through that period, football was getting such bad press, you know, and football fans, you know, marauding fans up and down the country. Nobody who was involved, you know, in the arts or in music would open up and openly say that they supported a team. Uh, it was taboo. It's, you it, never did that. You're absolutely right. And yeah. it's funny, I've, I've spoken yeah. to other people about this. Yeah. And but again, bring, bring us back, <laughs> but bringing us back to this clip now, it yeah. only really starts becoming trendy and all that. Yeah. I Correct me if you think I'm wrong. Yeah. After Italian 90. After yeah. Italian 90, Gaz's yeah. Tears, yeah. it all became musicians yeah. would talk about their teams. Was before yeah. You wouldn't mention it. You, you'd yeah. be weird if you talked yeah. about Tottenham and football. Yeah. You'd go, what? what, what yeah. to, because the yeah. hooligan element. It just yeah. wasn't. But I wasn't you just, frightened you know. to, to, to do that. I was always nailing my colours, you know, to the mask proudly all through that. You know, football never became unfashionable for me, maybe because I was still going. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, I loved it and, and understood it, and understood that once the game ended, you know, my mindset was about music and the nightclub, yeah. not yeah. about the pub, yeah, and, and which fans we're going to chase back to Euston or King's Cross. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't really, I was over that, you know, yeah. maybe because I was a little bit older. Yeah. Um, but I still like to keep my ear to the ground. I still like to hear the stories. You know, a few people cool. keep me informed of what's going on. But yeah. um, so, when I started so back to, to 91, Giles, isn't Giles, yeah. isn't he an Arsenal fan? Giles? Yeah, Giles is an Arsenal fan. So yeah, you're we, working together and this yeah, we have a huge, famous rivalry. Yeah. huge <laughs> big game comes up. Yeah. The first North London derby in an FA Cup semi-final yeah. at Wembley. Yeah. We went into this game, yeah. huge underdogs. I know. Huge underdogs. Yeah. Took and us I, through that goal and that moment. And I that... bought myself, I managed to get hold of a ticket um, through my, because I was working for Phonogram then, Polygram then, right. it was full of, full of gooners and, and privileged music people who could get tickets for any football game. And most of the time they weren't really into it. So yeah. I kind of never really sort of took them seriously. But I think um, one of the managers at my work managed to get me um offered me some tickets for the Olympic um, the, the, the Olympic um, gallery at Wembley, yeah, I think when yeah. they'd just done it. So I had tickets for there. So I've gone there thinking, 
you know, Arsenal were always in, in my head. You know, they, uh, it wasn't until I digressed just slightly. Um, I first went to, to Highbury and probably it was their, their double year, right. 71. And I was, I never really understood the rivalry. Of course you do, you know, as a schoolboy child, you, you understood the rivalry. But when I went to Highbury for the first time in 71, uh, the, the rivalry was real and violent. Mm. I was terrorized the whole time I was there, punched, kicked, you know, called the N word. Where is this? In in the ground or out the ground? No, in, inside and outside the ground. Yeah. Right. Um but you uh, weren't you weren't at the clock end with the Spurs fans. Yeah. No, oh. I wasn't. I was in the paddock. They had a schoolboy right. thing, you know. Oh, yeah. See. All the schoolboys, because you know, you were too young to run with a mob, so <laughs> You know, you you turned up at the, at the paddock. You became just a, or you tried to become an ordinary schoolboy, no colours, no nothing. Yeah. And then you, you get singled out. What team do you support, mate? Or you get. You didn't say I'm here for the. You didn't say I'm here for the cricket, did you? Yeah, <laughs> you're not Arsenal. <laughs> and then years later, you know, but that that left an indelible stain on me. I've hated them ever since. Yeah. Um, but not not real hate, hate with a capital mm. H. But I un- I understood what the rivalry meant. So, you know, jumping forward to being in the Olympic gallery, uh, there was a few of them in and amongst our seats, and they got moved out I- immediately. Uh, and I remember watching the game, and Gaza gets the ball, and everybody stands up, and everyone sort of holds their breath, leans forward. And the next few seconds after that, once he'd kicked it and the ball entered the net, it was just... Slow motion. I complete. I think I nearly fell over the barrier the gallery. I lost my voice. You know, my eardrums were bursting, my eyes bursting. Like, ah, I can't believe it. It was amazing that 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 goal. And I remember that night I was playing at a place called um, the Pig and Whistle. Um, no, was it? The, uh, no, just a pig. It was just behind. Uh, Oh, off Oxford Street. Bond and the Street. guy. It was that funny pub off by Bond Street thing. It was the pub on the funny like corner set back. Uh, not not that one. This this oh. is another one. This is behind um, one of the not the supermarkets, but one of the the, the great big shopping emporiums. Department stores. Yeah, yeah, yeah department yeah, yeah. stores. It's yeah. behind Selfridges. Right. Yeah. And the guy was running the night there. Um, Mac got give big up Mac. Big Tottenham fan. Big, yes, big I know Mac. Fan. Yeah. Yeah. And we hugged at the door and it's like, ah, Norman, you've got to play Aussie Stream. You've got to play. <laughs> and I went, Matt, this is a hip-hop night. I can't, you know, I can't really do that. And I did have it with me, never played it out. Just something that was stuck, in the, stuck in the side of the record box. So the last record, when everyone went, everyone was leaving, the lights was on, Max, can you going to play it? And I stuck it on. And oh. me and him just... <laughs> And there was a lot of black guys in there, a lot of gooners, you know, yeah. black gooners in, in there. Didn't start anything, but they weren't best pleased. Yeah. And by then we we didn't really care. But that yeah. that goal in, you know, I liked Gascoigne prior yeah. to that. After that, I loved him. Absolutely. You know? um, it's a shame what, what's happened to him because I, I was doing a, a fashion show in, in Milan mm. uh, a, a few years ago. Um, and he was there. Oh, wow. Yeah, was this um, when he was at Lazio or just another time? I think I can't remember where where he was, and him and his mate is it Jimmy, Jimmy Five Bellis? Yeah. yeah, 
they turned up. It was a private thing. We right. were doing a private gig for Dolce & Gabbana, a fashion right. show thing there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and a, a lot of the, the, the Italian Syria and Italian team um, turned up. Right. And Gaza was getting harassed, you know, by photographers, mm. paparazzi. And I went, why don't you come and stand here behind me in the DJ booth? Oh, said, oh, great. So he came and stood, and I went, do you want to have a go? Oh, <laughs> and he said, I'd love to have a go at this, but he said, no, you crack on it. He was the loveliest. Bl- this is the first time I'd sort of met wow. him close quarters. He was fantastic. You know, and I said, oh, you lovely. know, I support Tottenham. I'm, I'm lifelong Tottenham. Big smile come on his face. I said, that, 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 that goal, I said, I'll dine on, on that. I'll dine out on that forever. That was oh, just, you've no idea. You probably do have an idea, but you've no idea what that goal meant, you know, to Tottenham fans. Oh, you know, oh. amazing. Up here. Yeah. yeah. You didn't have, you didn't have fog on the tine, seven inch, uh, no. in the back of the earth thing as well, just in case. <laughs> Thank no, God. Not <laughs> that's lovely. I mean, again, I mean, I'm going to, we're going all over, and that's the beauty of this show. Mm. But again, uh, what a lot of people won't know, moving on mm. in your, 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 your career. You then, you then went through a phase when you... Didn't you do a wedding of a couple of the sort of Arsene Wenger Arsenal team? Didn't you do Henri's wedding or someone? Yeah. You had I was, to do these... There, there was I mean, period. that must have been tough. Uh, no, the, the story behind that one is uh, there was a period when I was asking... My management were asking, um, can we get Norman to do quite a few um, A-list celebrity parties? Um, right. I, I did some some film premieres in London, which which were great, um, but I didn't want to become stereotyped or pigeonholed for yeah, doing those yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. things. I, I really wasn't into that. You know, mm. I'm a music man and just yeah. a regular dance kid. Presumably, these things they're coming up and saying, "Have you got uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm a Lady" by Bacara? No, 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 they're really all right. Um, <laughs> um, and then I, I, I'd done a few. Um, didn't really enjoy them, got very well paid for them. But, you yeah. know, I was telling my manager, Dan, you know, this isn't what yeah, I want to I do for a living. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. really, this isn't me, yeah. you know, um, by and large. So most of those scenes got knocked back. I think mm-hmm. the only ones I accepted, I played at Mick Jagger's 50th birthday party, both wow. the parties, um, the private one in his house in Richmond mm-hmm. and another one in, in, in Soho. Um, I, I did... Oh, there's the guy who featured in Mean Streets, famous actor, and I, I love him to De death. De Niro. De Niro. I did a, a film premiere for Robert De Niro, which was great. Yeah. Um, and I, I did a few like mm. that. So I was beginning to get a reputation of, of doing those things. And then anyway, yeah. but I'd always shied away from footballers and, and, mm. and loads of money and new money. Because yeah. you know, for me, you know, footballers have a lot of money, but no class, really. Yeah. Um, and I did one for uh, 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 an A-list footballer, um, which I absolutely hated. I just right. thought I'm not doing these uh, again. And that ge- player, I, you don't, obviously, you, you're not going to tell us. I'm no. guessing it's a Chelsea player. Um, no, he actually played for Tottenham. <laughs> oh, no, oh, <laughs> really? Not, yeah. Um, but then this, um, oh, how wow. the um, thing came up with Thierry Henry, um, my management went, so, some A-listers, this management company, uh, uh, event company, want to book you for a party for an A-lister. And I'm like, well, who is it, Dan? Yeah. He said, I'm not allowed to tell you. 
I said, okay, well, if, if that's the case, then I'm not interested in doing it. Yeah. And I kept saying no uh, two or three times this company come back. And each time I said no, they raised the fee. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, way. no, I really don't want to do this thing. They're the and best because, gigs. Because then you've got to keep, you've got to sign these. Um, NDAs. Yeah. And I'm like, really don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, so in the end, um, with Dan, my management, agreed a fee and did the thing. I said, Dan, listen, I need to know who this is because I'm not driving halfway around the country to go to this thing and I don't even know who I'm working for. Mm. And he and a big smile came and he said, no, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> Your worst nightmare. Um, it, it's it's an Arsenal player. Uh, and I went, Dan, right, no no friends, no, no mates rates. Mm. You charge them as much as you can get away. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So and it turned out to be Thierry Henry. Right, he turned I'm out sure to be a very nice brilliant. man. I'm sure yeah, he's a very nice. Man. He, he was, you know. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, you know, lovely do in a castle somewhere in mm. southern England. Um, no expense spared. You know, a helicopter picked him and the bride up and dropped him off. Um, and I was supposed to be um, the musical um, entertainment after they'd hired the London Community Gospel Choir, who sung to the wow. family only for sixty wow. guests. Wow. Um, wasn't allowed to bring anyone with me. Couldn't even bring my my, my girlfriend with me or anything there. And, and I remember as just the punk rocker in me, before I left, <laughs> I put a little gold cockpit pin badge on my jacket. It wasn't, and you'd have to sort of bend down and see it. And I'm playing in front of Arsenal's first team, which were great. It was all R&B because I asked them to give me, you know, mm. a selection of what, what they wanted to hear. Um, who's the Crystal Palace manager? What's his name? What, uh, now? The, yeah, the current Crystal Palace uh, 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 Vieira. Vieira was yeah. great. I actually had quite a laugh with him. He kept coming out, he was asking for tunes. He was complimenting me on the music I was playing. Mm-hmm. And he was great. And he leaned over the box and he sort of did a double take. And he put his face right into the lapel of my jacket. And I went, yeah, I'm fucking Tottenham. Uh, and, and he went, he rolled back, started laughing, told uh, all the players. I mean, it was a great moment. It was, amazing. I felt empowered. Good for you. I lovely. That's a lovely a moment. Terrific moment to go, yeah, I played at the Gooners. You didn't, didn't have it at the end. Though. You didn't put on the end, uh, Chaz and Dave, we're off to <laughs> no, Wembley because we no, beat I the Arsenal. I wasn't going to ruin it, but the upshot of that, that was, um, <laughs> Fee with it was, a, close, it was with a closely held. guarded secret for, for months. I never talked, spoke about it, never did this thing because this is just when kind of social media I think was just beginning to sort of take yeah. off but anyway yeah. Giles Peterson yeah. you know my, my he must be gutted not to get Giles, that gig of, Giles rang me out the blue gutted. properly indignant and going <laughs> how, did, how the F did you get you know that gig should have been mine I'm French you know da, 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 da. <laughs> and I, it was it was a very sweet moment uh... very very sweet moment that's lovely. Yeah. Oh, dear. That's a great story. <laughs> I could have right. ruined it, but I didn't. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Never worked again. Yeah. Right. Well, let's move on. And, and we've got some personal stories coming up. But I think for every Tottenham fan, uh, you know, still a recent goal, this is in everyone's top 10 moment. I'd love to hear your feelings of the goal, where you were, the game. Let's listen again to that Lucas Moura moment in Amsterdam. Spurs have hope. Lucas Moura steers it in. 
Ajax in trouble here. Urente saved by Onana. Oh, it's still pinging around the area. Lucas Moura in possession. Oh, incredible. Lucas Moura scored again. It's the comeback on. They're sliding. It's in. Lucas Moura with the hat-trick goal. Spurs are going to the Champions League final for the first time in their history. I do not believe it. So, did you manage to get out there? Where were you? Presumably, you were no, for this I couldn't. One. I had a gig on. I couldn't get out there, and I had no yeah. way of um, listening. Um, did you go to the first leg? Did you go to the one nil no, defeat? No, by then I was. I wasn't well. Right. So I couldn't make the game. Um, right. Uh, and I'm old school. I like radio commentary. I find it right. hard to watch Tottenham on t- television really? if I'm not there. Yeah. Right. I like wow. to be there or listen to match commentary. Right. Um, I struggle with my emotions. I just can't. And then um, uh, Jane, my wife, was going, Norman, why don't you just watch it? You know, on mm. the TV, I'll pay for it. And just watch it. <laughs> this is like an hour before kickoff. Now I can't watch it. I'll have to listen to, you know, a commentary on Five Live or, or something because mm. I do like their commentaries. You know, or Talksport or something like that. Um, so you know, five minutes before kickoff, we, we, we put it on, watched it, and then thought, what an amazing game. You know, I was on. One I don't like down, feeling that nervous. And I think it was you know, my bother. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Then Mora gets the ball, and again, it's almost like the whole thing goes into slow motion, frame by frame. I couldn't believe it. I went, no, he hasn't scored. No. This it didn't compute. It, but everyone said the yeah. same. Yeah. It, it, it took us a minute, not more than a millisecond. Yeah. Like we couldn't to, comprehend yeah. what the goal meant and what it meant that yeah. we've done, because Tottenham don't do this. Yeah, we, you're absolutely right. Spurs don't do this. But what really rammed it home for me was I saw, I watched as the Ajax players just collapsed on the ground. Collapsed, they did, they did. Yeah, they all fell to the ground. I thought, my God, we've done it. And then I was angry and bitter because I realised I wasn't there. Mm. <laughs> Why yeah. do I always miss Tottenham, especially in recent years, our biggest and greatest moments? I'm not there. Um, but I, I, I just couldn't believe it. I just thought, Madrid, I'm going to Madrid, ticket or no ticket. Yeah. I'm out there. Um, I got onto my management straight away, and, and my manager Dan, uh, um, yeah, he's a Geordie. He's a Newcastle. Used to be in Newcastle United season ticket holder. He was great. Norman, I'd already looked into it because I knew I'd get this call, yeah. um, but he, he couldn't get. Um, he couldn't uh, manage to book me a, 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 a flight oh, or, 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 or anything like. Yeah. Don't forget Liverpool. Don't forget Liverpool fans. We had 24 hours before us. That's right. To get all these flights. But fortunately for me, um, uh, my management shoehorned me into um, this amazing festival um, oh. in the other end of Spain. Um, right. I can't even remember what it's called now. But anyway, I, and they agreed um, with Soho House mm-hmm. um, to to um, they couldn't get me a match ticket, but they would. Mm-hmm have me for a couple of days playing at this festival, pay all my hotel expenses and then pay my train fare um, to Madrid. I'm trying to yeah. think of this. 
What's, what's the two main teams in Spain? I'm, I'm having a Barcelona. Was it in Barcelona? Barcelona. I was playing a massive um, outdoor festival at Barcelona. Mm. It was great. Yeah. Um, and even better, but I had somewhere to stay. I had transport. And I think by then, um, I'd already locked in with you guys. That yes. was going to come on yes. to the Spurs thing. Right. So that was all the that more reason lovely. that, that I had to get there. Day. Yeah. Yeah. So, really nice. yeah, we had a fantastic time there the fa- in the fan mile. I love sitting on mm. a panel with mm. you guys it was an incredible it was moment nice. yeah, yeah. It, it was yeah. the whole trip was ruined by the game yeah, unfortunately yeah. but uh, i won't forget the journey the going there being yeah. everyone seeing uh, tottenham champions league fan zone i had mates who'd flown in from la from sydney from perth you know well-heeled yeah. friends but they, they they you know they're lifelong spurs fans and they'd come all of that way i thought it was amazing to, to be there it was because i've never was. been to madrid for football before i've played yeah. there a few times as a dj but yeah you know you you remember how hot that that day oh, was you know, scousers everywhere yeah absolutely and and the last the last sort of memories of your top 10 Tottenham who are kind of together you've already told us about your incredible journey sporting Tottenham as a young kid traveling from the other side of London by yourself and we get to now the end of, of White Hart Lane and 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 there is a game again now because of your work your next memory is is, is going out on the hallowed turf at the lane and you sent me a video of the beautiful penalty the pristine white lily white shirt you had on yeah, yeah. what was that moment like tell, tell the listeners about this well that, that was a great moment because spurs were being sponsored by puma then and i'd done a lot of corporate work for puma and word had got round to their their pr people that norman jade does a lot of stuff for us and we're we we support we, you know we're um supporting tottenham and so does he so I got approached by them and asked if I'd like to, to captain, you know, and uh, a Puma All-Stars 11, which meant that um, they gave us a tour of the stadium and the changing rooms, the dressing rooms, never been in there. I'd only ever been on the terrace mm. and, and in their season ticket, but never been back backstage at Tottenham. And it was a tremendous moment. Uh, and they, everyone, everyone in the team said, Norman Jay, you captain us. I'm like, what? <laughs> I haven't played football for years, you know, <laughs> like Jimmy Five Bellies. I was all over the place. <laughs> but it was a, it was a, a, a rolling game uh, where, yeah. you, could, you know, you played for five or ten minutes, you could yeah. be substituted. So, you know, we had about 20 players and both sides had rolling substitutes at any time. Because mm. I remember it was so hot there that day. The pitch oh, was really? bone hard. Yeah. Um, and I remember uh, my sons, Mark and Russell, and my nephew, um, DJ Melvo, who's um, famous in his own right now. Um, right. Uh, DJ Melvo. Yeah, uh, I, I brought them on. And um, my younger boy scored a terrific goal, Russell. Oh, wow. uh, scored a Amazing. terrific goal. Um, they all scored. Melvo scored, wow. I think, you know. Uh, and my other son, my older son, Mark just showed unbelievable skills where I just felt like, what the hell am I doing? I was out of breath in five minutes. Well, there's but something about fact, being on that pitch and looking at the terrace and where absolutely. you stood. And I'm looking all at those pitch years, thinking, you're on that pitch. Yeah. After all of these years, I am on the pitch at White Hart Lane playing mm. the game. So um, right at the end, I think we had to set it with penalties. So I elected, yeah, I'll step mm. up, take the first penalty. And I think my son, Mark, was 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 filming it. Um, 
because it's it, it, we just collapsed with laughter. But to this day, that's still the best penalty I've ever taken in it, my it life. Was, it was a great penalty. <laughs> it was. The, it gave the keeper I no chance. Them. You gave you him know? the eyes and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went running backwards, and I uh, and that, that was the start of my back problems. Actually, that because I did a forward roll, um, <laughs> and I just felt my my back just crack. Oh, uh, and it, it, it was amazing. But I'm so glad that my son filmed that. We was pissing Whoa. ourselves with laughter. What a day! Um, that was amazing. And yeah, then the club, and then also yeah. around the centre, the club allowed you and your. Yeah. famous custom Raleigh yeah. chopper bike yeah. to visit the old ground literally the day before it was bulldozed as yeah, well. Yeah, that, that's right. I've been, wow. uh, my management had been on at, at, at the Tottenham PR people for a, a little mm. while because I, I needed to do some publicity shots um, right. uh, every year or every 18 months, yeah. you know, I get a really good photographer um, to, to come and sort of take all my publicity shots for, for the year. And I thought, well, mm. I'd love to do a shot at Tottenham, seeing as they're knocking down the ground, and I'll take my bike up there. Can you fix it, Dan? So and Dan did, but they were being quite bullish there. They said, well, you know, with everything that's going on, you've got one hour, you know, um, to, to do your business, and you need That'll to... That'll do. You weren't yeah, doing any costume it. changes. You're quite <laughs> happy with an hour. Yeah. I would have done it in 10 minutes. <laughs> um but yeah, my photographer Dean, he was brilliant. Um, we managed to set it up. I mean, we, there's, there's, we've got quite a lot of really good photos, outtakes from there that we've never yeah. published. Right. Um, but we, well, I'm we, going to use the picture you sent me if that's okay. Yeah, I'll yeah, use that's it on fine. This that, pod. that one's in the public. I'll use that one. Yeah. I'll use this um, one. And and I was, it, it's amazing that shot went around the world. Um, mm. um, even Brighton a couple of seasons ago, Brighton used it in in, in their programme against Tottenham. Oh, uh, when it, yeah, we, they did like a 50th, because um, it's like my 50th anniversary as a right. DJ, I think. So Brighton right. did a little profile on me. Big up Brighton for that, because no other club yeah. Yeah. Has, has done that. And I think more clubs should acknowledge fans, you know, outside of, of, of football, just the ordinary regular guy, you know, who's who's into the arts, who's into music, who's into something. They should acknowledge them. And exactly. give them half a page, give them a picture, and you, you can't imagine um, what, what, what what that does for you. Know. Brighton gave me a three-page spread in their program. Wow. You know, completely unexpected. Um, Amazing. I had no idea, but yeah, it was great. I, I I love that, and it hangs pride of place. You know, everybody signed it for my birthday. Um, oh, lovely. Yeah, it, it, was, oh, lovely. it was great. And look, your final memory, again, mm -hmm. and more many people's memories, it's the last game at White Hart Lane. We finished unbeaten that season at the lane. We beat Man United. Um, and uh, on the show before, we've had the goals. Let's have uh, the, the stirring here. The uh, I mean, I, I, sadly, I know him still as Go Comperio, man. Uh, but here he is, him and then the crowd, a rousing ending here. Operatic version of Glory Glory Tottenham Hotspur. Let's listen to this now.
And then you, you like many others, you, you, you presumably just you just jumped on the pitch. You had to be on the pitch. Well, for yeah, I was sitting in the in the um, just a few seats away from my my old season ticket um, seat. Uh, you know, I used to sit right at the front of uh, in the, the the east upper. So you know, so you could lean over. I used to sit right opposite the players' tunnel. Um, and I, I had three season tickets where I used to take my kids when they were small. Then they grew up, started playing football themselves. Um, so they couldn't go. And then I started to become uh, much more busy, um, just not just in the UK, but all over the world. So I couldn't go to as many games as I would have liked. And I remember somebody uh, nostalgically got me a seat, remembered me from when I used to be a season ticket holder, um, and let me see. A, you know, a few seats away from where I sat for, you know, 10 years watching yeah. Spurs through those dismal, dark years. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, I need to, to get on the pitch. You know, I'm sure yeah. every fan was was th- thinking that. And then I remember um, I, I left to, to get down, to make my way down, um, downstairs to try and get on the pitch. And I saw the stewards and the police trying to mm. stop the fans getting thinking, come on, Tottenham, you're, going, you're missing. This is really bad PR. You don't yeah. really want it to end like this. Oh, it might ruin the pitch that's yeah, about to be you know, bulldozed. You know, Tottenham, don't, don't miss a trick here, you know. Yeah. Um, but they were intent on stopping the fans. And, and I mm. could see, and I was one of them, and so there's no way you're stopping me getting on. Absolutely. You know, we live in the age now of the camera phone and the selfie. Yeah. You cannot deny the fans that last but, but you pressure. know but the re- one of the reasons for it is yeah. obviously Theo Delaney I co-host the show with was part of well directed the whole creative process and Paul Coit as well the fact that after the United game the, the farewell White Hart Lane was being shown on Sky and around the world and in meetings before someone flagged up what happens to people run on the pitch and the Tottenham hierarchy were like well that won't happen yeah <laughs> gonna happen so they were getting tetchy and edgy we need these people off the pitch because this is going out live well that shows the disconnect came out and went please get off the pitch and people very respectfully had the photos and got off but mike doesn't that just illustrate to you another ill in the modern Mm. game especially in the the premiership the total disconnect with the fans Mm. not understanding you know we're, we're not an algorithm you mm. might think we're an algorithm, but we're not. We're, we're fans. Most of us have got an affinity and a loyalty to this club even before you were born. Those of you yeah. who were running it. Those of yeah. you running it now, it's a business thing, bean counting exercise. I totally get that. But in that moment, it would have been, you know, a PR disaster mm. for the club to prevent us getting on the pitch. Yeah, you know, like, and it was done in such, it it done we in such a respectful way by the fans. You know, for years I picked up a bit of turf. I tried to nurture it at home and, and grow it. You know, I was trying. Loads of us did. You know, and hoping we could. I, I, mine lasted for about I don't know six or eight months. I had a couple of strands of grass, kept it, watered it, looked up. I hate gardening, <laughs> but we 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 looked after this piece of thing. But Amazing. I'm glad now and happy uh, now that um, in the end. You know, common sense prevailed. They, they let the fans on. Not that they could have stopped them anyway, but you're absolutely right, Mike. We were respectful. When we were asked to leave, we, we did. Yeah. All we wanted to do was get a selfie of the last day, capture the moment. And I love that. And I love the fact that we hadn't really moved stadium. Mm. Yeah. You know, 
we're still White Hart Lane. We're still virtually where we were before. Yeah. So, absolutely. you know, there's that emotional attachment as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, Norman, mm. thank you so much. That mm. was such a, a, a lovely hour with you. Uh, thanks, Mike. Some great, great memories. Hour. Great uh, hour with you too. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Thank you for everyone listening at home. Mm. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. Until the next time, come on, you Spurs. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.